How are we doing? Phil, he told me about a minute before the service started that it was going to be filmed and I'll, my face would be on all these screens. But he never gave me the option to say if I didn't want to do it, I didn't have to. So thank you, Phil. I might step down, Charlie, yeah. And then Amber, just before I got up, said, well, don't mess up now. So thanks, Amber. Yeah, all good. So it's going to go well, eh? Anyway, where are we? We're in the second week um, of our new series, Brave. And we're going through the book of Joshua. And we're looking at the journey that Joshua and the Israelites made as they moved from, well, they moved into the promised land. The land that God had promised them. And they spent 40 years wandering through the wilderness. And now they're about to step into this new promised land. And last week, Philippa, she took us through chapter 1. And we saw how Joshua had been installed as the new leader of Israel. And he's taken over from Moses because Moses was the one that led them for those 40 years. And he led them to the edge of the promised land. And now they're about to enter into this land under the leadership of Joshua. And as Philippa told us last week, God gave them him this command in chapter 1. He said, be strong, be courageous, be careful to follow all my laws my, the servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And Philippa shared that God calls us, just like he did Joshua, to be courageous, to believe God for those promises that he's given us and step into those promises. But at the same time, we have to stay close to him, stay close to what is written in his word, because that is what will guide us. And so today we're going to look at the next chapter, chapter two. And although this story begins and it ends with Joshua, it's about two spies as well, who Joshua sends out on this mission to look over the promised land that they're about to enter into it. And these spies go willingly and they end up in the home of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, who lived in Jericho. And so in this story, I want us to see two things. One, God wants to use everyone for him. And two, that God will rescue anyone who calls out to him. So I've asked Helen to come up and do our reading today. Thank you, Helen. Okay, the reading is from Joshua chapter 2 up until chapter 3, verse 1. Rahab and the spies. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent out two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out those men who came to you and entered your house because they've come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men did come to me. But I did not know where they came from. At dusk, when it was time to, draw, time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax that she'd laid out on the roof. 
So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies came down from the night, for the night she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion, king of Og, the two, and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts sank and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brother and sisters and all who belong to them. And you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men answered her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return, and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, This oath you made us swear will not be binding on us, unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you've brought your father and mother, your brothers, and all your family into your house. If any of them goes outside your house into the street... Their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we're doing, we will be released from the oath you made, to, made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much, Helen. I'm just going to say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here today. And just open our hearts, God, to hear from you today, Lord Jesus. In your name, amen. Um, I don't consider myself to be very courageous. I don't like heights much. I can't stand dancing. Um, I hate cold showers. I won't go into the sea if it's cold. I don't like pain, and I hate bugs. I hate reptiles and amphibians. I won't go near them. 
Um, and two, two quick examples. Mish, my wife, she took me to Guyana when we got married, and we had to go via Barbados because it was a bit cheaper. It's a hard decision, that was. And we spent the day there, and we went to the beach, and we went into the sea. And as we're in the sea, suddenly I saw coming towards me this snake. It looked, I thought it looked a bit like this, but my wife will probably say it looks more like this one. There we go. <laughs> anyway... Um, she's not here today, so you know, <laughs> just got to go with what I say. Um, and it was coming towards me. So I'd like to say that I jumped in the way to protect her and to protect everyone around me, but instinct kicked in, and I pushed her out of the way, and I pushed anyone near me out of the way just so I could get onto the land. We made up, and we went to Guyana, and Guyana is where she's from, and it's a beautiful country, but again, I won't go back because of the bugs and the reptiles there. And one morning, I was about to take a shower, and as I stepped into the shower there in front of me was this frog, toad, or like this. It's <laughs> like that. It was. Um, she will say it looked more like this. So, but she's not here. Um, so you're just going to have to go with my story. Anyway, I refused to go in until her or her 80-year-old granny went in to get that frog and take it out. Um, uh, there you go. She's lucky, isn't she? <laughs> But I can also struggle very much with going out and stepping into what Philip taught last week, about stepping into what God is calling me to do, to be strong, to be courageous. And I can easily allow my fears and my failures and what other people may think about me to step in the way. And as a result, I can so often step back and hide and pull back. And so I love this story. I really do. And it gives me a real encouragement to believe that God is willing to use anyone no matter where they have come from, no matter what's happened in their life, what they have done or what they haven't done, he will use them. Because what he's looking for is people who will step out in faith and go. And we can see this being played out in this story with Joshua, with the spies, and with Rahab. And it starts with Joshua. In 2 verse 1, we see him stepping into this new role as a leader. You know, there's a real concern in him for his people. And he sends out two spies to go and look over the land and that they're about to move into. And it can be easy to kind of criticize him for this because, of course, he's told in chapter 1, every place where you set your foot, I'm going to give you this land. So why are you doing this, Joshua? But I think it's so important to realize that the Bible does not criticize him at all for this moment. So I believe that he is stepping into what God has called him to do. And this decision to send out these two spies is from God. And if we keep reading, we'll see that coming out. And so what does he do? He sends two spies out into the promised land. Two people whose identity we do not know, who we know nothing about, whose profiles we know nothing about, except for three things in that opening verse. One is that they come from Shittim, which is a really bad name for a place. It is. <laughs> and the slower you say it, the worse it kind of like... But anyway, but the other two things is that they were willing to go as well. And that they trusted the commands that they were given to them by Joshua. This place is significant for Israel because it was the last of their camp as they are journeying in through the wilderness. It's the end of their journey. And they've been there for a long time. And if you read about it in Numbers, some parts go really badly wrong. And they just completely and utterly mess up. And they end up just going into this idolatrous worship and just doing these awful things. And so coming from this place, it could be very easy for the spies to have allowed their past, their tragedies, their failures, their, how they've messed up, to stop them from stepping forward into what God has called them to do. 
but they don't let that happen. And we see that in the middle of verse 1 because it has those two words. It says, they went. You know, Joshua gave them this command and it says, they went. And that is what God is looking for. Very simply, people who will go, who will trust him and say, okay, I will go. I don't care what's happened behind me. I don't care about the past. I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to step into what you are calling me to do. And the spies were willing to do that. They were willing to obey Joshua, even though they weren't sure what was going to happen. And that's exactly what they were told they did. And what did they do? They went to Jericho, and they went to the house of Rahab, a prostitute. And if you only read the first two verses, you can be thinking, why on earth would they go to a place like this? Why would they want to stop here of all places? See, Rahab, she was a prostitute. But not just that, she was from Canaan. She was a Canaanite. She was part of this nation that sacrificed its babies on the altars of false gods. She lived in this city that just did horrible things. They worshipped the moon god of all things. But when you keep reading, you'll see that this is exactly where God wanted them to be. This is exactly where he wanted them to go. And it, it can feel like that sometimes in our lives. It's like, why am I here, God, of this place, of this time? But we have to trust him and believe that actually this is where you want me at this very specific moment in my life right now, God. And God wanted them in this place. Why? Because there was someone crying out to him in this place. And what we'll find that when we step out into what God is calling us to do, the enemy will do everything he can to stop us. And we see this being played out. As soon as they arrive, the king is like, well, this can't happen. We need to stop this. We need to get these guys and pull them out. They close the city gates. And the enemy, Satan, will do everything he can to stop us from going in and going to rescue someone. But what does it say at the end of verse 1? It says they stayed there. They trusted God and said, okay, God, this is where you want me to be. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I'm going to trust you. And then we see why. Because there's a woman there crying out to God to be rescued. Rahab. She lived in this place that she thought offered her security, that she thought offered hope, prosperity. But it just became this place where she was trapped where she was fearful, where she was hopeless, and all those around her had lost hope as well, so she had no one to go to. And she's realized how worthless all of this life is. She no longer wanted what Jericho or the Canaanites had to offer. She was desperate to get out, and she realized that if she stayed here, it would lead only to death. And she just didn't want that anymore. So she's crying out to God to save her. And I love this next moment, the joy she must have experienced when these two Israelites entered her home. And there's stories in the Bible, I, I don't know if it's like you, that you just think, I'd love to have been there at that moment. I've got to talk about the circumcision in a couple of weeks, and that's one place I would not want to be. Um, uh, just no. But this is a moment where actually I would love to have been. You know, suddenly two men walk in, and these men are from Israel. They are Israelites. And suddenly in this woman, there is now a surge of hope in her life a revival, the thing she has been crying out for is suddenly on her doorstep wanting to come in. And she's heard everything about God. And she's even began using the name Yahweh. She's saying Yahweh. The same name that God used when he appeared to Moses in Exodus. Moses asked, who do I tell the Israelites has sent me to rescue them? And God replies, tell them I am. Tell them Yahweh is coming to rescue them. And so Rahab tells them, I've heard how Yahweh rescued you. 
how he dried up the waters of the Red Sea, how he defeated the two king of the Amorites, how he rescued you in that moment, how he saved you from the hands of your enemies. Because the Red Sea was the beginning of their journey through the wilderness, and the two kings of Og was the very end of their journey. So she has this full account of what God had did in their lives. And now she's saying, I want that for my life. I want Yahweh to be guiding me, to be protecting me, to be leading me, to be just rescuing my life. And so she finishes with this. Your God, who is the Lord of heaven and earth, I want him to be my God. I want him to rescue me and I want him to save me from death. And so she simply asked this question, can the God who rescued you, can the God who protected you, who saved you, who led you through this wilderness, can he be my God as well? Can he be the same thing for me? And the simple answer is yes. And that is for every single one of us. So I thank God that these two spies stayed where they were. They didn't leave in that moment when they could have left. And they trusted God and they went. Two ordinary people whose names we do not know, who we know nothing about. And actually when you read this story, I don't think they were very good spies either. I don't think they were very much like your James Bond type spy. Because the moment they arrived in Jericho, they were caught, weren't they? It's like, come on. And then they, she had to hide them. Rahab had to hide them. And then they didn't even have an escape plan. They had nothing in place. And when they escaped, they didn't even know where to go. She had to tell them. But they were willing, weren't they? They were willing to go, and they were willing to obey, and they were willing to trust and just step into what God had called them to do. And so the spies were exactly where God wanted them to be. Why? So that Rahab could experience the grace of God to its full extent. And so I love what the spies do next. They give her three simple instructions, but three serious instructions that we need to be following for our lives as well. And I kind of wish college was a bit like that. You know, just very simple. And this is simple stuff, but it is serious stuff. And the first thing they do is they give her this scarlet cord. And this is all they seem to have with them on this journey, a scarlet cord. But it's all that they needed. And they tell her, take this scarlet cord, tie it to your window, so that when we come back, we will rescue you. Okay, you will be safe now. I asked Mark this, so he's the only Hebrew scholar I know. And the scarlet cord in the Hebrew text is the word tikva. So, um, but what it means is hope. It means expectation. It means things hoped for. She suddenly has been given hope again in her life. You know, her future has been changed by one simple thing, a scarlet cord that she has now tied to her window. And so for us today, what is that scarlet cord? It is Jesus. And it is the blood of Jesus that has rescued us. And we have that hope now living in each and every one of us today. That we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry, that we have someone now protecting us and guiding us and leading us. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you have done, this is for every single one of us. And if you call out to God, he will rescue you. And you will have that scarlet cord in your life for yourself. And it's kind of, well, what do I do now? Now I've tied this scarlet cord to my window, what do I do with it? And it's very simple again. It's very simple, the instructions. Stay in this house. Do not go back onto the streets. 
Do not go back to where you came from. Do not get tempted to join in with what's going on around you. Stay where you are. The spies told a very simple, plain and simple. And sometimes that's exactly what we need to hear, don't we? Stay inside. If you are outside, you need to get back inside right away. If you are thinking of going outside, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Stay inside. Stay as close to that scarlet cord as possible. Stay as close as you can to Jesus. Why? Because that's where your hope is to be found. Everything outside, I don't want to spoil the story, it will come crumbling down. It will. It will fall apart. Whereas this place where she is staying now, it will not fall apart. See, her streets were her old way of life, her old way of life. And God, the, the spies are saying, do not go back to that old way of life. Stay where you are. Stay in this house. Stay where Jesus is. So where are we today? Are you in or are you outside? And very simply, if you are outside, get back inside. If you are thinking of going outside, don't. Stay where you are. Stay as close as you can to Jesus. Because these walls will come crumbling down that are outside. And then thirdly, she's told very simply again, get your mum, get your dad, get your brothers and your father's household and bring them into this house. Such a simple message, but again, real urgency. You know, bring everyone you can find and bring them into this house where there is hope to be found. People need to know there is hope in this house because the rest of the city was just a mess. So there you go, those three things. Tie that scarlet cord to your window, stay inside and bring others in with you. And I love the end of the story because the spies return to Joshua and they share everything that's happened. And then this is why Helen read the 3 verse 1 because it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites got up and went from Shittim and they moved on. So it's just, it just this wave of movement from others around them as well. It's like, actually, let's go and rescue more people and let's see more things happen. So God chose two spies who we know nothing about to save Rahab. God wants to use you today as well to rescue people. We are his plan. There is no other plan. You know, look around us. You are his plan. He wants to use you. And what did he do? He turned the brothel God in the walls of Jericho into the center of salvation. So let's believe God for the impossible, for those things that are just impossible. Say, God, bring salvation into this place into the lives of these people around us. And Rahab, a prostitute, what, was she, what happened to her? She was chosen by God to lead people to salvation. You know, she, in Hebrews 11.31, it's described, she is a model of Christian faith for us to follow. Okay? Let's believe the impossible. So I just want to encourage you today as I come to an end to be courageous to be willing to step out. Don't worry about your past. Step into what God is calling you to do today. What is he asking you today? Be willing to stay where you are and trust him. And is there someone where you are that needs to be rescued? Is there someone who just needs to hear very simply, get inside and stop staying outside? Don't even think about going outside. So who is God calling you today? And believe that all you need is Jesus. That's all you need to take with you on this journey. And that's all you need to offer people. Okay? Amen.
I'm going to close with a prayer. I forgot to bring the band up, sorry. <laughs> Come up, bands. <laughs> um, anyway, but I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that you love every single one of us here today. God, and that you want to use every single one of us, Lord Jesus. So I pray right now that you'll just begin to stir up in our hearts where you want us to be, what you want us to be doing, and who you want us to be going to, Lord Jesus. Help us to step out in faith to what you're calling us to do, God. Help us to stay in those places as well, and not to run from the enemy as you'll try to do that. And we just lift up those names on our hearts right now to you, Lord Jesus. God, we pray for them today, those who are crying out for hope. May they find you and may they know you, Lord Jesus. And for anyone here who is outside, God, may they know that they can come back inside, that that door is open. Father God, draw us closer to you. Help us to stay close to you where there is hope to be found, where there is safety and protection, Lord Jesus. So we just pray these things in your name. Amen.